Hello, heathens. I'm Megan Angus, and this is Spinning the Wheel Podcast. In this weekly audio ritual, we explore the eight seasons of the witch's wheel of the year, and we discover how it is so much more than eight sabbats. We weirding witches time travel through holy days, festivals, and celestial events connecting our celebrations and magic to the past, present, and future. Our cackling fills the night as we take our turn gathering the wool, wielding the distaff, and spinning the wheel. Welcome back, heathens. We've made it to another week. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Dodging distractions and ridiculousness at uh, every turn, right? That's that's life in 2020. <laughs> uh, this week, we are looking at Letha season full moon in Capricorn, a lunar week 23 by some lunar calendars. Before we get into the witchcraft uh, first off, I want to say thank you, like huge, huge, massive thank you to everybody listening because I have officially hit over 5,000 plays on this here podcast. And, uh, I'm, <laughs> it's so wild to me. Oh, I'm so stoked. Um, I'm really pretty thrilled by this. Uh, and I hope I can keep creating work that you all find value in. Uh, of course, my main goal here is to empower you, to assist you in your discovery of yourself. Um, you know, just basic witchcraft stuff. That's all. Uh, as a thank you, you can use the code HEATHEN on my website to get 10% off a reading with me if you have been wanting to come and see me. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, moving on to other stuff like upcoming classes. Um, upcoming classes. This month, we are going to have our next Wheel of the Year class. That is our Lunasad class. This is my six-week guide to the first harvest, or Lamas, um, as it is also known. This class is free for all beings. We are going to be doing things a little bit different, just like last class. Uh, I'm going to be teaching this live for patrons and folks subbed to my newsletter. Um, we will have time after class for questions and for processing and conversation. And then I'm going to upload the class to my YouTube channel without the Q&A section at the end. Um, just subscribe to my newsletter or Patreon to get access to the Zoom invite. It is free. Um, this class does, however, come with a massive workbook, a calendar with hundreds of festival dates, all the stuff that we talk about here in the weekly podcast, uh, infographics, and a ton of other stuff. And this is available for folks who join my Patreon at the Venus level and higher. And that's nine bucks a month. And you get all of that stuff for free. Uh, also this month, we are going to have the July Tarot Circle. This is a monthly community building workshop facilitated through the lens of tarot as a magical tool of self-discovery and empowerment. As I said, kind of a thing I'm into. <laughs> this is only available for patrons. Um, and it's a way of me saying thank you to everybody who supports me through Patreon and supports this work, which is really special and amazing. Um, and then recordings of those workshops are available to anybody who joins at the Venus level and higher. Again, 
Okay. And last but not least, uh, I am going to be running my tarot 101 six week intensive. Um, I call it an intensive uh, because I give you homework for every day of the workshop, not just the six classes, all 42 days of the six weeks that we are working together. So, you know, you think you want to learn tarot? Hmm? Huh? Eh? We're going to find out. <laughs> what I'm aiming for with this is to help you create a rhythm of consistent magical work in your life, just to see what that feels like. And then you can, you know, decide if you want to integrate that uh, into your world. Um, I always donate money to Roma support groups when I teach these tarot classes. And this time, 10% uh, of your ticket cost is going to be going to the European Roma Rights Center. They are focused on strategic litigation to expose systemic prejudices and, you know, laws basically that are set up against uh, the Roma people from country level. Um, they, they go all the way up to the United Nations. Um, they've brought hundreds of cases of abuse and racism to court in over 15 different countries, and they have secured millions in compensation for victims of abuse, but they also do research and publish news about Roma people, um, as a means to educate governments and citizens alike. Uh, yeah, so that's who we're going to be supporting this time around with Terra 101. You can read more about the current Sabbath by heading to my website and clicking Letha in the menu. Or if you are ready to start studying the upcoming Sabbath, Lunasad, uh, go to my website and search the word Lunasad. I'm still rebuilding the Lunasad page, but it'll be spiffy very soon, I promise. Um, but if you want to know more about these upcoming classes, uh, I will always alert patrons first. And then I will let folks know who are subscribed to my newsletter. And then I will post invites and announcements and whatnot on social media. So if you want to know first, sign up to my Patreon or my irregular newsletter. Um, Cause that's it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm over social media guys. <laughs> Not that I can't leave it. <laughs> I'm beheld to it, but also uh, I kind of want to just reward people who <laughs> leave those platforms and come and join me in these other places. My newsletter is totally free. I don't send it out very often, which is why I call it an irregular newsletter. Um, but, and also if you are looking for guidance on how to work with all of this information in your personal life, book a tarot or astrology reading with me. That's the funnest part. We get to actually hang out and look at what all this stuff means for you in your corpus in your real-time adventures, um, all of that good stuff. To support this podcast and all of the work that I do, join my Patreon. Thank you so much to all my patrons. And if you are feeling especially heathenish, you can leave a rating or a review on your podcast service wherever you listen to this. There's links for all of the stuff in the description of this podcast. Let's get into this week, okay? <laughs> Let's talk about it, because... You know, as usual, there's a variety of uh, interesting things going on. So let's get into it. All right. To orient us on the wheel, as we do every week, our Letha season witch's work is power, transformation, healing, fertility, and underneath all of that stuff, determination or maturation, as we're going to talk about later this week or actually in just a few minutes. <laughs> uh, and our global themes that we see in festivals past and present, um, partnership, 
life and vitality, abundance and light and heat um, are all celebrated or focused on during this quarter holiday. So our lunar week starts with uh, July 23rd, Wednesday, we have a super full moon in Capricorn, 21 degrees, 11.37 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, later in the day for everybody else around the planet. Um, this full moon has a variety of names. This is the Buck Moon. Uh, this is also in Ojibwe, the Raspberry Moon. We also call this... Um, the Thunder Moon, the Hungry Ghost Moon, which I think is a really interesting name. We do see more and more in the background ancestor work coming up as we get later into summer. Um, and Wart Moon, Wart being an old name for herbs. And that name, uh, that moon name speaks to Letha season uh, being kind of the high point of the year, as I've mentioned several times in the last few weeks. Um, this is the high point in the year for ethically harvesting our herbs and our plant helper friends that we are going to be working with throughout the rest of the year. The solar arc is at the high point. The energies are thought to be at maximum during this season. And so we are scooping up the best of that energy. That's really important imagery for us as we move through Letha season and towards uh, Lunasad. So this is also a super full moon. It's not as super as last month's moon. I wasn't thinking of this as a super moon. I went and checked because some other astrologers had mentioned it. And I was like, I guess last month's moon was bigger. It was the Sagittarius moon. So it was, in fact, the best full moon of the year. I'm not supposed to say that, but it's the truth. Uh, but this month is fine. This month's moon is fine. It's super. It's full. We love it. It's delicious. <laughs> Um, and it is in a wide conjunction with Pluto, who's hanging out at 27 degrees of Capricorn. And it's in a wide sextile to Neptune, who is hanging out at 25 degrees of Pisces. So we've got some Pluto energy on this moon. We've got some Neptune energy on this moon. Um, but let's talk about it. Uh, when we have a full moon, our plant metaphor that we're working with is that we have now produced a fruit on our vine of our process. Starting back at the new moon, we have a seed. At the crescent moon, we have a little sprout shooting up out of the ground. At the waxing half, we shoot out a branch. At the gibbous moon, we shoot out a vine. And at the full moon, we shoot out the first product, basically the first result of our process. Um, and whatever that is, right? It might just be that you've been thinking about something for the last two weeks and you come to a conclusion, right? It doesn't have to be epic. <laughs> it, it, especially when it's the moon, it's, it's not incremental, but it's tiny in its, in its effects sometimes, or it's very subtle in the ways that it's actually going to uh, manifest in your physical world or your lived life. Um, and so it might be something as basic as that. It might be that you've been, you know, struggling with uh, understanding something in the world and you come to a new level of understanding. Um, but those little bits have macro implications, right? Um, the little subtle adjustments that we make in ourselves um, can ultimately be that our ship, you know, the one degree adjustment turns our ship to a totally different continent when we finally get to the end of that particular adventure. So 
these these works are important, even when and maybe especially when they are happening on the subtle level. Um, I, why am I going so hard on that particular image? We'll talk about it more later in the week as we get into some of the other astrology, because it's, you know, it's another week of stuff and things. <laughs> um, but in the context of the wheel uh, with this full moon, this is a full moon that really calls us into acknowledgement and honoring our ancestors, living and dead. Um, and ancestors are anybody that counts as family and mentors who were deeply involved in your life or are deeply involved in your life, how you live it, um, you know, your successes, your failures, all of that stuff, like those people living and dead, adopted family, chosen family, blood family, whatever, they all count. Um, and so this is a moon for just acknowledging those folks, um, recognizing them as human, seeing their faults and thanking them for their skills and their efforts. Um, and also thinking about, um, you know, how this might play out in your lived world, right? Because lots of us have stuff with our families. Um, lots of us are in chosen family situations or are for whatever reason removed from our blood relatives. Um, a lot of us are working on stuff like generational curses. Um, a lot of us are working on stuff like um, abuse and um, trauma in our ancestral lines. Um, on the giving and the receiving end, right? <laughs> it comes in all flavors here in America. Uh, and here in the 21st century, we've got a little bit of everything in the background. A lot of us, not all of us, some, <laughs> but a lot of us do. Um, and so, you know, it, it can, it can bring up tough work for us. It can bring, be a little tender, uh, around this stuff, but it's important to do it and it's healing to do it. Um, and then, you know, in our lived life, what might this full moon with this Pluto element and this Neptune element feel like? Uh, it might be a week, a moon and a particular, in particular, but a week of um, finding yourself in situations that test your maturity um, or test how much you have grown into understanding yourself and your needs in stressful situations, which I think is another way of saying maturity. Um, because oftentimes maturity is not about how we deal with other people, but it's how we deal with ourselves when things are going awry. <laughs> um, and so this moon, you know, gives us an opportunity to reflect on that and the people who taught us lessons for better or worse around those behaviors and those mindsets and those attitudes. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's stuff, right? <laughs> and the more that we understand where we came from and who influenced us into thinking about what success is supposed to look like, or what, you know, capacity is supposed to look like, or what maturity is supposed to look like, um, it, it empowers us. It ultimately empowers us because it either frees us from bullshit or it helps us embrace teachings that were difficult, but necessary. Um, so that, that's, that's all, that's all we're doing with this moon. <laughs> that's it. Um, for our lunar body work, uh, when we are moving through a full moon in Capricorn, we can either be awakening and activating and adorning or 
resting and um, reorienting and, um, you know, like shutting it down, basically restoring or nourishing or supporting um, anything that has to do with our bones, our hair, our nails, and our teeth. So yes, as I was saying last week, the mani-pedi is a holy act. The deep conditioner for your hair is a holy act. Getting, you know, getting your hair done is absolutely a holy act on the Capricorn full moon, 100%. Using the um, ultra delicious body lotion or oils, absolutely, um, you know, holy acts, 100%. This would be a wonderful moon for making some of that type of stuff for yourself to use throughout the year to, to help support you in this work in whatever ways it comes up, um, or to start that process and let it, uh, ripen over the next month, any of that kind of stuff. Um, Side note, as I have to say every week, I am not a doctor of the human corpus. I am a doctor of the cosmos, gods, goddesses, moons, and stars. Uh, please check with your trusted health advisor before integrating any of the information about uh, body care uh, out of this. But as always, I say that we can always work with the metaphor too. So what are the bones of the thing, right? What's the teeth of the thing? What are the nails of the thing? Maybe that needs to be attended to energetically, not physically or not just physically. For our plant body work, we are either maintaining or we are breaking down old containers, structures, borders, fences, beds. So you know, looking around at your house plants, uh, is something falling apart and needs to be replaced. This is a good time to do that. Uh, if you have an outdoor area, is there something that needs to be composted or broken down? This is a great moon for doing that. Or, you know, do you have a border or a fence or a container of some sort that needs some support? Uh, this is the time to do that. <laughs> Go do that. <laughs> All right, let's get into the astrology and the holy days of July 13th. Okay, the astrology of uh, July 13th, aside from this really super fun full moon, <laughs> um, is bringing in some, you know, work, right? As usual, we have uh, Mercury and Cancer sextile Uranus and Taurus at 18 degrees. And we have Venus and Gemini square Neptune retrograde in Pisces at 25 degrees. Um, and I feel like this is supporting some of the full moon work that we're doing, but it might make it difficult too. Um, the Mercury sextile Uranus really opens us up to communication. Um, it opens us up to like a dynamic listening posture <laughs> where we're like, yes, I'm ready to hear this. Let's go. And so if we are asking for information from ancestors, if we are asking for, you know, information in that ancestral moon work that we're doing, we may get it. Um, you know, and Uranus there as a sextile, I feel like really helps us sit with information that otherwise might be shocking or coming out of the blue, or I never expected that, or I didn't see that coming. Um, and be okay with it. And you're like, whoa, that was surprising, but I'm here for it. Let's process this. Um, and that's really cool. But uh, but then we have um, the Venus square Neptune retrograde. And ultimately, 
Venus is moving, you know, real relatively fast. So this transit isn't going to last forever. It's like a day ish, but we can just feel ultra not cute. Like no, our clothes don't fit right. Our body doesn't fit right. Um, you know, just feeling super, like super sensitive about the way we look and the way we present in the world. Um, we may also just have a hard time putting ourselves together on this day. Like even if we are feeling cute about it, we're not necessarily cute. <laughs> um, so, you know, we might have to ask a friend to like look for the toilet paper on the back of our shoe or <laughs> a moment like that. Um, and so both of these in a way really call on our maturity, I think, um, which is kind of the underlying element of, of this full moon. Um, it is, you know, asking us to listen and be open to information that might be really destabilizing and deal with it, right? And it also might be putting us in a situation where we just feel funky. We don't feel cute. We don't feel uh, lovely as we would like to or handsome or whatever our preferred words are that we want to describe ourselves. And that may feel like it's really undermining us, right? The moon in Capricorn is about the body. Um it's, it wants to talk about the body itself. And, and, you know, Venus square Neptune is like, but I'm, but I'm not attractive. I don't like what I look like, or I don't feel comfortable in this. So it could be a combination there of like, I'm ready to hear this, but I'm not necessarily ready to deal with it. <laughs> or I'm ready to talk about it, but I'm not ready to go on stage and talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I think ultimately um, keeping your feet on the ground during this full moon is going to be really important. Neptune and Venus can also get really dreamy and sort of carried away with the fantasy or the illusion or the nightmare or the vision of the thing. Um, and ultimately I think trying to stay rooted in reality. And so there too, like when you're feeling really down on yourself, check in and be like, I'm, I'm probably fine. <laughs> this shirt probably looks great on me. I just feel funky right now. And that's legitimate. That's legitimate. Um, but it might not be, it might not be what it's turning into. I don't, I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> You're going to be okay, dude. You're going to be okay. That's what I really want to say with this. <laughs> okay. Looking at our holy days for July 13th. If you're following along on the calendar, I'm not going to cover everything that's in the calendar. So, um, you know, <laughs> that's a reason to uh, get a hold of the calendars because sometimes there's stuff that I don't even talk about in the podcast. Yeah, if you can imagine uh, a podcast that I'm doing every week that's somewhere between an hour and a half and two hours long and I'm still leaving out information. <laughs> ah, ah, okay. <laughs> uh, from our modern pagan friends and ancestors, we have running from July 13th to July 15th, the Feast of the Moon. Um, this, of course, would be the traditional date for the full moon in Cancer season. Um, for folks who have been following along, our calendars, our month-long calendars, are based on the cycle of the moon. And the first day of the calendar in many civilizations used to, in many civilizations still is, uh, starts, that first day of the calendar month, month calendar, starts the day that you can see the moon after the new moon. 
which might be upwards of two and a half days later. Um, and that would be day number one of the month. And so when we get to day number 13, number 14, number 15, those are our full moon. Those are the, that's in the natural cycle of the, of the moon. That's when the full moon falls. So uh, we know that with our modern pagan wheel of the year calendars, a lot of the dates are approximated and it's really ultimately to just make things easier. <laughs> so we know that if we're in July, we are in cancer season. And if it's July 13th, 14th or 15th, those would be the traditional days that we would be celebrating the full moon and witnessing the full moon. Okay. Also on this day from our Roman friends and ancestors, we have a sacrifice at the temple of Apollo. Now Apollo is a solar deity uh, dedicated to light and poetry and a ton of other stuff like archery and music and dance and truth and prophecy and healing and diseases and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Apollo was the twin of the moon goddess Artemis. Um, he was the uh, patron deity at the Oracle of Delphi. And so he has, you know, he's connected to uh, prophecy and div divination and all of those types of practices. Apollo is also the god um, who will help ward off evil and averts um, uh, uh, pandemics and disease and illness. Uh, Delphic or Apollo is also the patron of seafarers and foreigners and a uh, protector of fugitives and refugees. So we've had lots of seafarer stuff happening in the background throughout this season, as we've talked about many times. Uh, medicine and healing are also associated with Apollo, etc., etc., etc. What else do I want to say about this crazy god? Apollo delivered people from epidemics. He presided over initiatory rites for boys entering adulthood. He is a pastoral deity, a protector of herds and flocks and crops from diseases, pests, and predators, and, and, and. If you are not familiar with the deity Apollo, I highly recommend going and checking them out because uh, they're really, really cool. And this is absolutely the season for studying about solar deities. So, you know. Fill up your cup. <laughs> All right. Let's head on to July 14th. All right. July 14th is a Thursday and our waning moon enters Aquarius. And this is all I'm going to tell you about this. <laughs> Hang out with some friends. That's it. That's literally it. Yes, COVID, please be careful. Um, you know, go outside, right? <laughs> go stare at this beautiful, beautiful moon. Um, or go get some sun at the, at a park that's mostly empty. It's a Thursday. Um, but if, if, uh, the, the spiking COVID numbers are too freaky for you, I totally understand. Put together a zoom meeting. Is it the best? No, but it's better than nothing. Um, and watch a funny movie, literally just like hang out with your people and have some laughs, have some good times, release some steam and some stress. Um, and in particular, I encourage you to hang out with people who foster a sense of hope in you um, or and uh, try to engage the group at some point in lighthearted conversation. doesn't have to be serious stuff, um, but lighthearted conversation about restoring hope um, and bringing hope back to your situation or deep, more deeply into your situation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, have a hot take for you here. Every week that we work our magic, 
is an indicator that we have hope for the future. Otherwise, why would we bother? <laughs> gotcha. See? See? Yeah, you do hope for the future. Me too. Even though I totally don't want to think about it at all because I'm a curmudgeon. Uh, in fact, turns out, <laughs> turns out, right? We're working pretty hard for it. Um, so that stuff, you know, talk to your people about what gives them hope, what gives you hope, how you might uh, inspire that in each other, that type of stuff. Might get a little tenderoni. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, when we are hanging out with our Aquarius moon and on the downside, as it is in the waning aspects, we are resting, relaxing, nourishing, supporting, or otherwise restoring the legs, especially our knees and ankles. And as I said, uh, you know, for yesterday's work, um, if working with the physical is not appropriate for you, if that's not safe or healthy for you, work with the metaphor physically, but then we've got emotional, uh, mental, psychological, spiritual, um, and knees and ankles are really important when we think about, uh, very, uh, various yoga stances and what the spiritual work is that we're doing behind the stance. Um, so that's just one way that you could approach this metaphor. Just one of many. Okay. Our plant body work, we are harvesting, we're doing pest control, disease control, plowing and weeding to support and encourage below ground growth, aka the root systems of plants. Yes, this is a fantastic time for harvesting, doing our Letha season ethical harvesting. Uh, but also note, we had our moment for Apollo yesterday and today the moon is moving into disease control and pest control. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. <laughs> um, for our astrology on this day, just a little side note, we have Mercury in Cancer, sextile the North Node in Taurus at 20 degrees. And uh, anytime that we've got something transiting over the North Node, it's kind of waking up a little bit of the overall nodal conversation that's happening right now. Um, this week starts in Capricorn. This is dinging the North Node in Taurus. So again, there's something about the body here. There's something about the physical world. Um, this might just be a day where we get a little bit of extra information around that kind of basic stuff. But Taurus in particular is really focused on um, how we create physical world security. And the North Node can feel very faded around some of that stuff. Um, it can feel very obligated around that stuff. And so what I encourage you uh, to do with that in that moment, if it hits for you, um, is to gently question yourself around who was it that told me that this was a priority? Who was it that told me I was supposed to go get this thing or I'm supposed to have this thing or I'm supposed to achieve this thing or do this thing? Um, you know, uh, Taurus can get real security minded. It can get real protective. Uh, it's not quite as paranoid as cancer, but it's, you know, they're, they're definitely hugging up on each other in terms of being a little defensive about their property and their territory and things like that. And so this might be a day where you see something out in the world or you see somebody go through something or maybe something happens to you personally. Um, and it triggers some of that stuff for you. It activates it. Um, but if it isn't something visceral like that, it might just be a moment of questioning and thinking about property and how I secure wealth and what is money and all of that stuff and, and where are the places where I feel really fated or destined for one outcome or another. 
And how did I get to that place of feeling that, that it's fated or destined? Interestingly enough, <laughs> our holy days of this day really complement this work. I, I kind of wasn't even going to talk about the North Node for this day, but then when I saw what else was happening on this day, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to talk about this. Why? Well, let me tell you. Because from our Roman friends and ancestors running from July 14th to July 19th, we have the first Mercatus of the year. Um, Mercatus, Mercatuses, Mercati, <laughs> in, in ancient Romans, uh, civilization were literally enforced shopping. It's enforced shopping. Uh, is your internet experience absolutely jam packed with advertisements for summer sales? Yeah. Hello. We're still living in this stuff. I'm telling you, um, anytime that there was a big festival, anytime there was a big like push to do work or, a push for like a whole run of holy days or any, basically anything that took people out of the markets and had them focusing on other things. The Roman uh, government would rush right back in and be like, no, 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 we need to get those people back into the markets and buying stuff. We need to get people back out there spending money. So again, thinking about our astrology, Mercury in cancer, sextile North node in Taurus at 20 degrees, What's up with our conversations around, I have to have this to be safe. I need this to be comfortable, um, you know, and I have to be territorial around it and all of that stuff. Also on this day, <laughs> uh, from our Catholic friends and ancestors, we have the Feast of St. Kateri. And uh, I'm not going to talk about her so much this year. I've talked about her in the past. St. Kateri was a indigenous woman uh, to indigenous to here, Turtle Island, AKA Native America uh, or North America, excuse me, um, who was converted to Catholicism and became a nun um, and suffered from uh, the side effects from chickenpox her entire life and other diseases that she was exposed to through the colonizers who killed her family and community. Um, and she was ultimately taken in by the Catholic church and died when she was like 21 or 22, um, an incredibly tragic life. Um, and ultimately was beatified and, and, um, turned into a saint, you know, a hundred years later or so by the Catholic church. So instead, what I want to talk about is the land back movement <laughs> land back. If you are not familiar with it is a movement that has existed for generations with a long legacy of organizing and sacrifice to get indigenous lands back into indigenous hands. Currently, there are land back battles being fought all across Turtle Island, aka what we know as North America, and to the north and to the south of those areas. Uh, the land back movement advocates for a transfer of decision-making power over land to indigenous communities. The movement does not ask current residents to vacate their homes, which is something that uh, is a piece of disinformation that's out there about this movement. But it maintains that indigenous governance is possible sustainable, I would say significantly more sustainable, and actually preferred for, for public lands. They are trying to get spaces like Mount Rushmore turned back over to indigenous people um, to allow 
healing to begin, et cetera, et cetera. If you are not familiar with the land back movement, I highly recommend checking it out. There are forms of this movement throughout North America. There is also a landback.org website for more information. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about for the Feast of St. Katari. Okay? Okay. Um, this is also non-binary people's day from our global friends and ancestors. And, um, we have a Hindu Hindu harvest festival on this day as well. Okay. Moving on to July 15th. July 15th is a Friday. Oh my God. We made it. Good job, everybody. Okay. <laughs> our waning moon is still in Aquarius. So I am still advising you as your witch. I am prescribing you a uh, backyard uh, bonfire and hanging out with friends, um, a trip down to the beach and hanging out with the homies, a walk in your local park, and maybe a barbecue moment with the local hoodlums that hang out uh, <laughs> next door, uh, that thing. Um, hang out with your people. Of course, be safe, COVID, wash your hands, all that stuff. I know, I know. We're going to get through this, people. We're going to get through it together. <laughs> or else, goddammit. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have no astrology of note for this day. So let's move directly on to our holy days for July 15th. Uh, first up, we have the heliacal rising of the fixed star Pollux. This star is located in the head of the southern twin of the Gemini constellation. Yes, we are still moving through the constellation of Gemini for our sidereal astrology friends. Pollux was the immortal twin and a skilled horseman. Again, more of that horse imagery that we've been talking about for weeks now. Uh, when Castor was killed in battle, Pollux asked his father, Zeus, a.k.a. Jupiter, that he die to forever be with Castor because they were best friends. You know, that's, yeah, I'm sure no closer than that. Just best friends. Uh, Zeus killed Pollux with a bolt of lightning and placed the twins in heaven as the constellation Gemini. We've been talking about Gemini imagery for weeks now, so I'm not going to get any further into it than that. <laughs> Go back and listen to some of the podcasts. Um, but yes, we are coming to a close on the last or the first few stars of Gemini. We are about to enter um, uh, cancer season officially <laughs> by sidereal astrology, I should say. All right. Also on this day from our pagan friends and ancestors, modern and not so modern, we have the Feast of Rowena. Whether Rowena was a real person a fictional character, or a goddess lost to time, we may never know. She's maligned as a simple seductress, a poisoner, and a bride that is bartered off. So we know that she probably made played a much more significant role in whatever her actual origin story is. But here's why I think she's interesting and why I bring her up. Her name in Welsh becomes Rowan. Now this could be connected to the word horsehair in Welsh, Rowan, which might be significant given that her uncle and her father were also associated with horses. Um, and, you know, there's another two dudes with some kind of familial association associated to horses. Maybe I'm projecting all of that. I'll take that. That's fine. That's fine. That's what I do here. <laughs> but come on, you know, it's connected. You and I both know that this is all right. Let's move on to July 16th. 
July 16th is a Saturday, and we find ourselves under the radiant beams of... (laughs) Why am I like this? (laughs) I was really carrying it there for a second, though, huh? It was all fancy and shit. All right, sorry. Anyways, the disseminating moon, uh, the disseminating moon in Pisces at 9 degrees, 4.55 p.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day for everybody else slash the next day. Um, and this moon is in a sextile to Mars in Taurus at eight degrees. And then to a lesser extent, as the moon hangs out in Pisces over the next couple of days, it creates a very wide water trine, uh, with Neptune in Pisces, the South node in Scorpio, the sun in Cancer. So, there's there's that kind of energy sort of moving in the background. Those guys are not exact to each other, but we do have bodies in all of the water signs right now or, you know, elements, astrological elements, I guess I should say. And um, and so this once the moon moves into Pisces, we might be feeling that a bit more than we were earlier in the week or even through cancer season. So when we have our disseminating moon, this is where the fruit begins to ripen and it's time to reap the hypothetical rewards of our efforts. Um, And sometimes the way that this works is what we see at the full moon does not actually begin to play out or settle out until now or after now, right? At the full moon, we have a fruit here at the disseminating moon. The fruit is ripening. Big difference there between having a piece of fruit and having a ripe piece of fruit. So um, what are we doing with this? Well, one of the ways that I think that we can interpret this is let's go back to what we were doing with our moon while we were in Aquarius. We were hanging out with our friends and we were inspiring hope in each other. Hopefully. (laughs) Maybe we were just relaxing and having a good time. Um, But in that work, Now, as the moon moves into Pisces, we may start to get a sense of what kind of mutual aid work we could get into or get further into. Um, You know, number one, first and foremost, that kind of work is most effective locally. Um, that, that, if that kind of work is most effective when it's people in your community, in your environment, in your neighborhood, you look at the causes and the, and the issues that are happening in your neighborhood. If your neighborhood is good, move out from there and take care of something at the larger level. Um, but it sticks at home, you know, all of that crap. Right. So, but it's also because in mutual aid, mutual aid is different from charity. Charity is you need something and I'm going to give it to you right? Uh, And mostly what charity ends up looking like is you need something and I'm going to donate some money to you. Mutual aid is we both need something. I'm going to help you and you're going to help me. That's a significantly different thing. Nobody gets to be in charge. Nobody's the more empowered person. And mutual aid freaks out a lot of people because they like the... um, the lack of attachment that happens in charity, right? Uh, Nobody has to talk to anybody. I can just pull up a website and click a button and here's some money and goodbye. I did my part. Mutual aid generally implies I'm going to have to look somebody in the eye, have a conversation with them because I have to say what I need here too, right? And none of us are doing this alone. 
all of us are doing this through the support and the help and the effort of the people that are around us, the systems that came before us, whether again, it was ancestors and family members that helped us, or whether it's chosen family or whether it's community now that is helping us. None of us are doing this alone. Uh, and so this moon is asking us to come into that conversation. We don't necessarily need to act on it yet, but we might want to be using this moon to make a blueprint and make a plan on how we are going to get more deeply involved in the groups that support us and that also need our support. Okay. With our Pisces moon for our lunar body work, we are resting, nourishing, relaxing, and supporting or otherwise restoring the legs again, just like in Aquarius season or Aquarius days. Um, but when it's Pisces, it's especially the ankles and the feet uh, specifically, because those are the parts of the body that Pisces rules. And for our plant body work, we are planting, transplanting, or grafting flowering bulbs, biennials, and perennial flowers, and veggies that bear crops below ground. So this is a great time to work on your onions, your carrots, your beets, your potatoes, that type of stuff, your roots, um, and tubers, all of that. Okay. Our astrology for this day, just a little bit, we have Mercury conjunct the sun in Cancer at... 24 degrees. What does this feel like? It brings, it really is just that our mind, our intellect, how we want to talk, what we want to think about, the ways that we're communicating and what we want to communicate, and our sense of self are coming into alignment. That's Mercury and uh, and the Sun conjunct. And it's conjunct, or they are conjunct in Cancer. So this is bringing heavy emphasis to all of that Cancerian stuff that we talked about in the Letha class and that we've been talking about throughout this season. What are we doing in Cancer? We are nurturing, we're protecting, we are fortifying, we might be clinging to some things and really hugging onto some stuff. Um, we are drawing in, we are focused on home and home life and family. Um, we might be wanting to stay real cute and super cozy at this time. Um, all of that kind of stuff. All of those sorts of things are super emphasized. We might want to talk about it. We might want to think about it. We might want to learn things. It could be a really cute time to learn some new recipes. Literally. See how that works? <laughs> See how that works? It's just magic, guys. It's just magic. Uh, for holy days, yeah, we have a few. Let's talk about them, shall we? Okay. Um <laughs> All right. From our Haitian friends and ancestors, we have the festival of Sodo. The word Sodo or the phrase means water bucket or waterfall, and it is named after the largest and tallest waterfall in Haiti. Uh, this area um, around this waterfall uh, holds cultural significance for folks in Haiti who are both Catholic and Vodun practitioners. In the 19th century, it was believed that the Virgin Mary or Erzuli Dantor of Vudo Loa appeared on a palm tree there. Now, interestingly enough, priests cut down the trees and they died. Uh, but the penultimate devotional activity is bathing in the waters of the falls and asking for favors from the Virgin or Erzuli. 
big time water goddess energy all running throughout this. The water is also sacred to the Loa Dumbala and Aida Wedo. Of course, we're in the season of John the Baptist. We're in the season of Cancer and Oceanic Mother Goddess. So all of that sits very nicely with everything. Also on this day, we have from our Yoruba friends and ancestors, the Feast of Nana Buruku, also known as Nana Buruku, <laughs> Nana Buku, or Nanan Buklu. Uh, this is the female supreme being in the West African traditional religions. She is the most influential deity in West African theology. In Dahomey mythology, Nana Buluku is the mother supreme creator who gave birth to the moon spirit, Mawu, and the sun spirit, Lisa, and all of the universe. After giving birth to these, she retired, <laughs> goddess bless, and left the matters of the world to Mawu Lisa. She's <laughs> like, you guys could feel, figure out what to do with that. She is the primary creator. Mawu Lisa is the secondary creator, and the theology based on these is called Vodun. Uh, some believe that Nanan Boklu is both male and female. Also on this day, uh, from our global friends and ancestors, we have Drag Day. I'll just leave that right there. <laughs> That's some timing, isn't it? It's fantastic. And also on this day, from our Roman friends and ancestors, we have sacrifices to the deities of honor and victory. Briefly, all I'm just going to say about this is Victoria was also a symbol of victory over death and determined who would be successful during war, Ugh. right? Again, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. She's often seen with or in a chariot. Chariot, of course, being a super um, magical symbol of cancer season. Let's move on to July 17th, shall we? But before that, how about an ad? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um... If you love this podcast, you can support this work through Patreon. Thank you a bajillion billion times. See, the, the sirens are going off even as I say it. Um, thank you so, so much to my patrons. Um, you guys don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Thank you so much. Uh, you can sub for as little as a dollar if you just think this podcast is dope and you want to support it. Uh, I don't run ads on the podcast um, partly because I don't want to and partly because I won't get paid even if I do. Uh, so screw them, man. Um, you can sub, as I said, for as little as a buck or $5 even if you want to just support the podcast. And this is plenty of information. But if you want even more information, um, you know, extra podcasts, extra videos, extra information about the Wheel of the Year, magical practices, tarot, etc., etc., uh, subbing at the higher levels, you get all kinds of cool free stuff. And at the even higher levels, uh, you get free readings every month with me um, to be able to integrate all of this information into your personal life based on what's going on in your natal chart and all of that other good stuff. Join and change your life forever. Or, you know, whatever. Thanks so much for the support. If you can't support financially, I completely understand because life sucks on earth right now. It's too expensive for everything. Um, tell a friend, share it on social media, uh, give it a thumbs up. If you're feeling especially hedonistic, you can leave a rating or a review. All right. 
That's the end of the ad. Let's get back to the podcast. July 17th is a Sunday, and we still have our waning moon hanging out in Pisces. So I continue to encourage you throughout this weekend to really explore that Piscean work that is asking us to break down the boundaries between us and connect with each other and be real about what you need and what you have to share, especially in this season that encourages us to be real defensive around stuff and real clingy with our stuff. Pisces moon here is like, hey, (laughs) stop that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Looking at the astrology of this day, it just gets more tenderoni. <laughs> we have Mercury in Cancer trying Neptune and Pisces at 25 degrees. We have the Sun in Cancer trying Neptune and Pisces in 25 degrees because, of course, yesterday the Sun and Mercury were conjunct. So they're still basically hanging out together. And now today, trining Neptune. And at the same time, we have Venus entering Cancer. So now we have the Sun, Mercury, and Venus all in Cancer. This is tenderoni. So (laughs) um, with that Neptunian influence, we might be feeling um, a little more intuitive. Our psychic abilities might be a little more sharp on this day or a little bit more woken up. We might be really uh, wanting to read about spirituality or study spirituality or magical practices. This might be a really beautiful day to just spend in meditation, in devotional prayer, if that's something that makes sense for your spiritual practice, um, or just reading about spirituality and kind of feeling into it. Um, Venus can be very poetic. And so you may read for a while and then be um, urged to create and to make some um, spiritual art of your own. Um, and, you know, altogether, I think it's it could be a very lovely day. It could be extremely romantic. It could be very, very restorative. The one thing I will say, though, is um, uh, that while the moon is in Pisces and we have all of this Neptune influence, the ruler of Pisces, it's really easy to forget the body while we are hanging out in Pisces energies, because we just sort of drift off into the abstract and into the spiritual, you know, whatnotery of it all, which is lovely, but you do probably need to poop or have a snack or take a shower or something along those lines. So just try to come back to the physical body every now and then throughout the day and make sure that you are, you know, comfortable, if you've been laying out in the sun, do you need to get in the shade? Um, you know, if you've had a beverage or two on this day, do you need to have a snack or two on this day? You know, that stuff. Um, also with the Neptunian, and speaking of, of beverages, um, with the Neptunian influence, and this is kind of true for the whole week because Neptune is sort of hanging out in the astrology all week long. This might not be the bestest week for like getting ripped. Um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, sympathetic to substance use. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yes. Um, but, and you know, personally what too much means for you, right? One, two, you know what off limits means for you and why you have created those boundaries for yourself right? This could be a week where that stuff gets hazy. We forget about promises that we've made to ourselves, or we feel like, oh, a little bit will be fine, or a little bit more will be fine. 
And with all of that Neptunian influence, it indicates that we are potentially in a portion of the cycle. Maybe it's the heat. Maybe it's because we're out of practice because none of us have socialized really for the last two years. What would normally be okay may hit us really, really hard. So just, you know, go easy or be aware that, you know, what a normal amount would be for you might be too much. And what a little bit might be for you is actually kind of a lot. Um, you may see just a natural ebbing in your desire for those substances and or you might see a natural uh, concentration of desire for those substances. Just be present with yourself. Again, you know what is too much for you and you know what is off limits for you and why you made those decisions for yourself. Just be present with yourself. If any situations come up to challenge you in those ways, just be present with yourself. Um, yeah. Stay grounded um, in that work. But otherwise, you know, again, and also with the psychic sensitivity and all of that stuff, um, stuff from the other side may also be having an easier time getting through. And that's another reason to want to have a little bit more sobriety or sure-footedness in your mix, right? Because you also want to be like, did I, did I see that or did I see that? Like, is that, did you guys hear that? Did I hear that? Or is this really happening? Or is this a side effect of something I'm enjoying. So um, yeah, buyer beware, your mileage may vary, all of that good stuff. You know what's going on here. Okay, uh, let's get into the, the rest of the stuff for this day. Alrighty, uh, on this day, holy and whatnotery, otherwise, what am I even saying? <laughs> the heat, the heat is starting to get to me. I know it's over 70 degrees and I'm cracking. Okay. <laughs> For our friends who practice sidereal astrology, a.k.a. real astrology, <laughs> the sun is entering cancer on this day. Yes, everybody who practices tropical astrology is like, what? No, uh, it's halfway through cancer. It's three quarters of the way. We're about to go into Leo season. For folks who practice sidereal astrology, which is astrology based on what is physically happening in the sky right now, the sun is just entering cancer. Isn't that wild? But also cancer and cancer and also some cancer. Okay. Also on this day or starting on this day, running from July 17th to August 24th, we have the Perseid meteor showers. A lot of this is going to get washed out at the beginning from this full moon that we have at the beginning of our week. Um, but as we get closer to the end of July, uh, where the new moon is, these meteor showers will be easier to see. Um, they appear to be coming from the constellation Perseus, hence the name, the Perseid meteor showers. And these meteor showers have been around for a few thousand years. They're, they're pretty old. Um, and what we will find is as we move through the year, areas where there seems to be a, a density of meteor showers hitting Earth, we also see a lot of stuff dedicated to the ancestors. So we are going to, as I already mentioned earlier in the week, we are going to start to see more and more holidays dedicated to venerating ancestors cleaning up tombs and all of that stuff that we in the West really tried to, let's be frank, isolate into the Samhain season, right? Like October, November, that's the only time we're supposed to talk about dead stuff. Everything is fine after that. No, no, it's not fine. And also <laughs> people are dying all the time. I don't know if you've been on earth lately, but people are being born and dying all the time. It's like we're on a wheel 
uh, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> but um, we'll find as we look around the planet that uh, meteor showers and ancestor veneration are deeply tied together. Okay. Also on this day from our friends and ancestors in Turkmenistan, we have the festival of Gala Beremi. Um, this is a public holiday in Turkmenistan that celebrates the annual wheat harvest. I talk about this a lot in uh, the Letha class. So go check out the class if you wanna learn more about that festival. Also on this day from our Buddhist friends and ancestors, we have Kuan Yin Day. Kuan Yin is a Buddhist bodhisattva associated with compassion, whose name means the one who perceives the sounds of the world. In other words, the cries of sentient beings who need help. Kuan Yin is often depicted as a goddess, but just as often depicted as an androgyne character or a male bodhisattva even. Um, and she is known, or they really are known for being able to change forms. They are often depicted standing or seated on a large lotus bloom, which is a common posture for Buddhas, Buddhas and bodhisattvas. Um, the lotus bloom is usually shown floating on the sea. So here's our first mark that we are connecting into this like, deeper archetypal entity of this time period. Um, they are often carrying a vase in the left hand, which is pouring water. This is one of the eight symbols of good fortune in Buddhism. It contains pure water capable of relieving suffering. Um, they often are also carrying a willow branch in the right hand. Sometimes it's in the vase instead. And the willow is used to sprinkle divine water. Willow bends without breaking. Um, and uh, th this is influenced by tantric rites where willow branches are used in um, offering rituals to this uh, deity. Um, she is the, or they are the patroness of fishermen. Um, and they are often depicted standing on a dragon or riding a dragon which swims in the sea, um, showing her spiritual powers as well as their status as a patroness of fishermen hitting all the marks here. <laughs> the dragon also is sometimes shown to be flying and surrounded by clouds. And um, uh, ultimately, Guanyin is shown to be standing on a large turtle, which swims in the sea. Again, patroness of fishermen. Um, you know, <laughs> it's one of them you're like, okay, so that's literally the same as all of those guys over there. And those guys. And also those folks over there too. Okay. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. <laughs> July 18th is a Monday. I'm dabbing. Uh, <laughs> it's probably better that you couldn't see that, honestly. Uh, our waning moon enters Aries. Okay. Note. Uh, this is a fantastic time for teaming up with people with whom you share mutual goals to try to get some shit done, especially in your community. Uh, put the disagreements aside and focus on the goal. This is not a day where we're necessarily trying to go out and find a new best friend. We're trying to find people that we need to work with, that we want to work with, but that are also focused on a, a similarly important goal and we're going to work together to make stuff happen. This is right in line with all of our work from Aquarius through Pisces and now into Aries, right? Let's foster some hope. Let's connect and think about 
what we need and what the community needs. And now let's actually go out into the physical world and get some stuff done. Um, I highly encourage it. I can't tell you how much uh, this kind of work is healing. <laughs> truly, truly healing. Um, okay. With our moon hanging out in Aries for the lunar body, we are nourishing, relaxing, resting, supporting, or otherwise restoring our head, our hair, our scalp, our eyes, and our sinuses. So really kind of just the top half of the head. That's what's ruled by Aries. Um, so anything that, that sits with that. Meditation practices certainly sit with that as a means of emptying the mind and bringing some relaxation and some nourishment and support to the head, literally closing the eyes, not looking at your screen for a while, all of that stuff. Very important and very healing. Uh, for our plant body work with our waning moon in Aries, we are harvesting, we're doing pest control, disease control, we're plowing, we're weeding, and we are aerating the soil uh, and pruning our plants to uh, promote below ground growth. All right. Uh, what's our astrology for this day? It's you know, it's not fun, but it's going to be fine. Uh, we have Mercury in Cancer oppose Pluto in Capricorn at 27 degrees. And really, we can kind of say that the sun is in opposition to that. It's exact tomorrow on the 19th, which we'll talk about in a second. But, you know, it's there. It's kind of like the hype man behind Mercury that's like, yeah, tell him. So <laughs> this is a day that we might feel like we just need to yell at God. And that's fine. I totally support that. Um, but also, this might be a day where we are feeling ultra defensive, ultra paranoid, ultra freaked out. When it comes to Pluto, Pluto's at this exact degree with the US Pluto return. We've got that whole thing, it, you know, kind of gloaming in the background continuously for us who live here in North America. Um, and Pluto oppose Capricorn, or Pluto oppose. Uh, Mercury, or I guess I really should say it, Mercury oppose Pluto. Mercury is the one who's moving here and making this happen. Um, you know, it can look like uh, really important information coming up from the depths, like secrets being revealed, but it also can be super hardcore disinformation uh, and propaganda and lies and bullshit. Um, because, you know, Pluto is pretty powerful in Capricorn. It's pretty stoked on on how it is and what it is. It's it's a Plutarch. Um and so Mercury is in opposition to that energy and that force as it's moving through cancer, right? Where it's trying to just be cozy and be snuggly and be cute and like just take care of home and hearth and all of that stuff. And here's Pluto like a glowering, you know, across the a wheel, like, you know. So what I would also say is this, um, because of just everything that's going on in the world, this, as I have said several times in the last few weeks because it's really kind of the theme for July. This might be a day where you need to pick your battles and be really careful about what you're saying to who and how you're saying it. You may think that you sound fine and the other person is like ready to be defensive about it. Um, you might think that you're being subtle. Let me say that too, right? <laughs> you might be laying down some truth on somebody and think that you're being soft with it or think that you're being subtle with it. And the other person is like, whoa, why are you coming at me right now? So if you want an argument, this might be a great day to stir that up. Um, and also some really important information may come to the surface, but, but that information also might not be true. 
Um, it might be, you know, people saying whatever needs to be said to gain power or maintain power or flip a power dynamic or whatever, you know, it's, it's Pluto and it's an opposition. I recommend not fucking with it, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, that thing, um, you know, if you need to talk to somebody on this day, this is also a really important day for therapy or it can be a really great day for, um, um, talking with a trusted advisor about how you think about things and how you are seeing things as just a means of like checking in with another person. That's like, do you see this or am I just making this whole thing up? That could be really potent on this day as well. Uh, okay. Other than that, <laughs> we have, uh, just one holy day that I'm going to talk about. Um, which is the heliacal rising of the fixed star Procyon, which is found in the constellation Canis Major or the dog constellation. Um, and so these are kind of officially welcoming in what is ultimately sort of the dog days of summer, the end of July and the beginning of August. Uh, Procyon is one of the 15 Bahanian fixed stars. Astrology King says this, uh, which I thought was really well put. Procyon is sometimes called the Northern Sirius, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago. The name Procyon, however, is that of the navigator and steersman on the ship Argo, whose crew made the epic voyage in search of the Golden Fleece, the quest for true knowledge, the gold of the alchemist, the knowledge of our origins, of what happened to make us as we are now, that knowledge which we have always felt deep down will heal us and take us forward to heights of attainment beyond anything we could now imagine. So thinking back on the heaviness potentially of this Mercury opposed Pluto, if we can avoid paranoia, avoid defensiveness, and just sit and be present with ourselves, can we ask for information from the universe that might really rock us and speak to some dark stuff that's deep in us, but needs to be brought up to the light, ultimately for our healing and for our personal evolution, our personal uh, growth, um, and all of that stuff. This work <laughs> is heavily supported by the astrology of July 19th. So let me just get right into that right now. Okie dokie, let's just get directly into July 19th. It's a Tuesday. Our waning moon is still in Aries. So we still have that energy in the background of like, let's get out there into the world to get some of this work done. Even if we have to put some disagreements aside with people to be able to focus on a common goal and get this work done for ourselves and for community. Keep going. We've got this. Okay. But we were talking about this heavy stuff going on with Pluto, ultimately potentially, you know, and with our fixed star rising, potentially being this place where we can, you know, if we're feeling good about it, if it's right and good for us to do this kind of work, asking for, hey, can I get some intense information? So what do we have going on on this day? Well, first off, Mercury enters Leo. And um, when Mercury is in Leo, our thinking is a lot more confident. It's a lot more grandiose and, and also magnanimous. We, we have capacity for thinking about what would be to benefit of the group. Um, and the focus is really coming into the goal, 
which sits very nicely with our wheel work that we are doing in Letha, which is let me get determined about things and let me start to get focused on what it is that I'm out here doing. We're not experimenting anymore. That's spring. We're now claiming and determining what it is the goals are going to be. Um, the details of it might not be too important. We're not super worried about that just in this moment. Um, we might find ourselves to be a little more expressive, more theatrical, more willing to like stand on the stage and take up the spotlight or have attention on us. Um, we might also be a little bit more convincing or persuasive when we're talking to people about things. Um, so we we can find ourselves sometimes in a place where we are like, oh, I'm totally confident about my ability to do that when actually we were not necessarily <laughs> prepared for doing it. But altogether, what I think is really important with the larger picture here is Mercury and Leo is confident, is goal oriented and is magnanimous in its scope. So what else do we have going on on this day? Well, we have the sun in Cancer oppose Pluto in Capricorn at 27 degrees, which I kind of already talked about with the day before with Mercury opposing Pluto. They're basically conjunct. It's exact on this day. Um, and this is part of why this stuff can feel very personal or feel like it's really up in your face versus something that you're just seeing in the world when the sun gets involved. It's very like I, me, but, and also, on this day, we have Chiron stationing retrograde at 16 degrees of Aries. So first and foremost, Chiron in Aries. Um, Chiron is in Aries and so much of its work here is to stir up questions like, who am I? What does it mean when I say I, when I say me, what does that mean? What does this world want from me? Uh, what is this all about for me? And it's really about the search for identity. And it's Chiron. It's the wounded healer. So it's a lot of the pain around the search for identity or difficult experiences that we have had that made us question our identity and our work that we have had to do around that stuff. When Chiron stations retrograde, however, it can indicate a time where we are unconsciously seeking out or even consciously just ex encountering healing, initiatory, or alchemical experiences or information, especially within ourselves. So these revelations coming up from the deep, not necessarily from external uh, circumstances or experiences. We might be a little bit more drawn to magic and occult practices at this time. So, you know, try to keep grounded in that, try to keep a foot, a toe on the shore of reality. Um, but we can see the way that the past, the present and the future connect to each other in a way that we normally can't see. And that witnessing or that information or that revelation can feel initiatory. It can feel healing um, or otherwise personally transformative um, and, and painful and healing at the same time, painful and initiatory at the same time, painful and transformative at the same time. 
whatever house or houses this retrograde is taking place in for you will indicate the parts of your life where you might be encountering something that is painful and healing at the same time. Highly recommend journaling, uh, especially with Mercury all up in the mix here. Highly recommend journaling. Um, but also, you know, if you want to talk to yourself into your phone or, or whatever, that, that works too. But there's something about writing it down that really, I don't know, it's a different process. I highly recommend it. Okay, that's a lot of that. Let's get into the holy days of July 19th uh, from our Irish friends and ancestors running from July 19th to August 1st. We have the Eonach Teltian, which are the funeral games associated with the semi-legendary history of pre-Christian Ireland. The games were founded according to the Book of Invasions by Lou Lamfara, the Olem Erin, or Master Craftsman or Doctor of the Sciences, as a mourning ceremony for the death of his foster mother, Teltu. And now we are going to talk about uh, these games a little bit more in the Lunasod class. Um, but yes, they are similar to the Olympian games. They are held at the same time of year. They feature a lot of the same stuff. Um, and also, uh, along with lots of different competitions and all sorts of things like that, uh, you would see a mass arranged marriage. In theory, people were consenting to this, but, you know, where, however, couples would meet for the first time and then they were given up to a year and a day to divorce on the hills of separation. And this is one of the places where we see the practice that we now think of as hand fasting, which is the Wiccan or pagan version of marriage, which is only good for a year and a day. The idea is people change, situations change, and um, people grow apart, people grow closer together, and a year might be enough, right? <laughs> and we can mutually go our separate ways, no harm, no foul. Or if this is working for me, it's working for you, it's working for them, however many people are involved in your marriage, we're inclusive here on Spinning the Wheel podcast, um, uh, you recommit to the commitment. You go, yep, I'm in for another year. I'm down, I'm down with this. It's good. It's, you know, it gives a bit more meaning to anniversary celebrations, right? Versus just like taking off time that we said that thing 50 years ago. It's like, no, I'm still saying it. I still mean it now, even in this day. All right. Uh, other things that are happening on this day from our ancient Egyptian friends and ancestors in the ancient world, uh, this is about the time that the Nile would begin to rise and flood the banks and flood the Nile Delta, soaking the ground and preparing it for the planting season. And at the same time, we have the birth of Osiris. Of course, we just had um, in the ancient Egyptian world, the their new year just kicked off. And so we are going to go through a whole um, uh, complex of festivals dedicated to the birthdays and venerations of all of the major deities in the ancient Egyptian pantheon. So this is the birth of Osiris, who is the god of fertility, agriculture, the afterlife, the dead, resurrection, life, and vegetation in ancient Egypt religion. So here we go. We have a day where the Nile floods its banks, it floods the delta, and 
growth and life are coming back. The green vegetation are coming back. And on the same day, we have the birth of Osiris, the god of fertility. Um, he was classically depicted as a green-skinned deity. Yes, he is connected to our green man traditions, possibly one of the deep roots or the deep root of our green man traditions. Um, he was wearing a pharaoh's beard, partially mummy wrapped at the legs, wearing a distinctive atef crown, and holding the symbolic crook and flail. Uh, all of that good stuff. Osiris was at times considered the eldest son of the earth god Geb, who we just talked about last week, and the sky goddess Nut, as well as being the brother and husband of Osiris of Isis, and uh, with Horus being considered his posthumously begotten son. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of the week. Can you believe it? We're already here. It already happened. We've done it all. Good job, everybody. <laughs> I knew you could do it. Uh, all right, let's get into the wrap up, shall we? All right, one more time with feeling. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Our lunar phases this week <laughs> run through Capricorn to Aries. And this is the last set of our cardinal signs that have been helping us open up and initiate the summertime experience. Uh, next week, we uh, will see the sun move into Leo, and then we will be passing through the middle of summer. And we will have all of our lunar phases, more or less, you know, it, it doesn't work like this perfectly every time, but more or less all of our lunar phases are going to be uh, in the fixed signs. So helping us really ground into the center of summer and the work that we need to do. But we'll talk about that more next week. Uh, for our astrology roundup for the week, July 13th, we have uh, Mercury in Cancer, Sextile Uranus and Taurus at 18 degrees. July 13th, we have... Venus in Gemini, square Neptune retrograde in Pisces at 25 degrees. July 14th, Mercury in Cancer, sextile the North Node in Taurus at 20 degrees. July 16th, Mercury in Cancer, conjunct the Sun in Cancer at 24 degrees. July 17th, we have Mercury in Cancer, trine Neptune retrograde in Pisces at 25 degrees. We have the sun also trining Neptune in Pisces at 25 degrees. We have Venus moving into Cancer. So our Cancer vibes really ramp up on the 17th. On the 18th, we have Mercury in Cancer oppose Pluto retrograde in Capricorn at 27 degrees. And on July 19th, we have the sun in Cancer oppose Pluto retrograde in Capricorn. And we have Mercury moving into Leo, that, my friends, is your weekly podcast, uh, spell, ritual, history lesson, astrology check-in, lunar mapping. <laughs> what else do we do here? Kind of a little bit of everything, huh? Um, TLDR, if you just skip to the end of the podcast, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> um, this is a week for magic that really is centered more in grounding, letting go of stuff, um, calling yourself out on things gently and lovingly, but still doing the work um, and opening yourself up to what assistance and mutual aid might look like in the physical world. Um, take it easy with substances this week. Uh, and again, you know what that means for you. Um, and substances can be all kinds of stuff too, right? Substances can be scrolling on the phone. 
as I have come to understand about myself. So, <laughs> um, you know, whatever those things are that are addictive, that are escapist, just be present with yourself. That's all. That's all. Um, and let me uh, remind you before we're out of here that we do have lots of classes coming up this month and next month. Um, this month we've got our Lunasad class coming up, which is our next Sabbath here on the wheel of the year. We also have the July Tarot Circle, um, our monthly community building workshop uh, for patrons as my way of saying thank you to you guys for all of your incredible support. And soon enough, I will be putting out some information on my next run of the Tarot 101 six-week intensive. I absolutely love teaching that workshop. I, I ought to do it more often just for my own joy <laughs> because it's really, really good. Um, and who knows, the six-week intensive may inspire me to reopen my year-long mentorship program. Uh, I've been thinking about it. A few people have asked about it. I've been revamping it. Um, and it might be time to bring it back. So if that's something that you're interested in, please drop me an email and let me know. Um, because it's a lot, it's a lot <laughs> and it's also incredibly rewarding work. So, uh, I look forward to working with you heathens. I look forward to just living another day on this beautiful planet with you heathens. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic weekend weekend. Um, take some time to stare at the moon and look at the stars and um, find joy and cultivate hope with yourself and with your people. Blessed be.